Let, let's get started. Let's consider um, the the latest news um, uh, for expats living and working abroad uh, around the world. It's tax time for expats, <clears throat> uh, UK expats around the world may have a UK tax return that they need to do. So if you've left the UK in the last year, uh, in the last tax year, or returned to the UK in the last tax year, or if you've got any income that's taxable in the UK, UK, that could be uh, a capital gain uh, from crypto or, or property sale, or it could be um, that, that you've got some other share sales that are going on in the UK. Any sort of capital gain in the UK is always going to be taxable there, uh, needing a return. Or if you get any property rental income, is also fixed in the UK. So you would need that tax return. <clears throat> so UK expats that are living and working abroad um, and in uh, an, another country with a double taxation treaty between the UK um, and their country of tax residence may still need to do a tax return. And sometimes the, the number of you will ask you to do a return, even though you've got nothing to declare, so to speak, but you need to do that return if they do ask them. If you don't, if you get asked to do a return and don't complete it, you're still going to be liable for penalties. So lots of issues there, issues that Proact have got experience on dealing with. So contact us at proactpartnership.com and we'll sort that out for you. Um, expats that are living around the world, <clears throat> different countries have different tax dates and, and tax due dates. And generally, the calendar tax year returns are due by the middle of the year and we've largely wrapped those up. Uh, some countries like Cyprus are a bit later this year and then the, those that with a, a tax year end ending um, <clears throat> in the spring or, or the end of June, like Australia or Hong Kong, um, may, may have a, a tax return that, that still needs to be done now. If you need any help and guidance on that, contact us at productpartnership.com. <clears throat> what what we um, often get asked questions about in the UK, in, in Cyprus, is, is do I need to fill out a tax return? Um, different countries have different rules. So we've covered previously what, what the UK rules are. In Cyprus, what are the Cyprus rules for completing a tax return? If you've got a personal income below 19,500, then there isn't a requirement to do a tax return. Um, but that's a caveat. That's unless um, if your income exceeds the 19,500, then yes, you do need to do a tax return. Um, if you've got a worldwide income outside uh, Cyprus, as a Cyprus tax resident, from dividends, uh, from capital gains, from property rental, then you do need to do uh, that, that UK tax return. Uh, that Cyprus tax return. In Cyprus, if you're self-employed, you always need to do a tax return. Um, if you've got a Cyprus company or uh, you, you're trading it above a certain volume, um, any business in Cyprus is always an audited tax return that, that needs to be done and a self-assessed uh, return as well for any tax liability that needs to be paid um, during the year. So tax is not paid when you complete a tax return in Cyprus. It's completed as it arises for dividends, health taxes, property rental income, 
um, as, as well as interest for um, and, and earnings taxes that may may become due. Um, there's also um, an issue with a, a new tax that's been introduced on health tax. If you've got any worldwide income that's not taxed at source in Cyprus for this worldwide uh, health tax at 2.65%, you've got that to pay as well. So uh, it, it, there's quite a lot of potential liability. And, and the big thing always that keeps catching expats out is, is that if you've got real estate, if you've got property um, in Cyprus and, and, and you sell it, or if you die, um, even if you haven't had a, a requirement to fill a tax return in, they will still ask you then to retrospectively fill out those five years worth of returns. So for expats <clears throat> that may at some point relocate uh, overseas, a product always recommend and advise that you complete a return each year because you, you're likely going to need it in the event of some dramatic change in circumstances where you're selling property, uh, relocating uh, with work or family or, or on death. Uh, for more information and guidance, contact us at, at productpartnership.com. So uh, another issue that's coming up in, for expats around Europe at the moment is to do with the, our topic of today, but it is a separate issue. Uh, if you are uh, uh, got an overseas property rental, under changes to tax uh, regulations, um, you now can't necessarily freely rent out that property. Um, legislation, regulation, whether it's to do with health and safety, um, consumer protection, or just pure taxation. Um, now in many countries around the EU, you're required to have a license before you can rent uh, out uh, holiday lets uh, overseas. <clears throat> That's not necessarily going to be um, uh, allowable. So in Spain, unless you are a Spanish citizen, you cannot rent um, holiday let uh, businesses. But you, you may still need a license, and that license might put onerous requirements on you uh, in terms of lifeguards, safety, and, and insurance liabilities. Um, but it will also, and always will, whenever you get a license for anything, uh, enable the authorities to uh, regulate and ensure that you pay tax. The likes of Airbnb and, and Booking.com and, and the, the international uh, online booking agents <clears throat> for holiday lets as well as longer term lets, they now have to do, uh, have their landlords registered. The, regist the landlord has to be have a, a local license for that property and that information on those rental income is then shared with the tax authority. <clears throat> so there isn't a discrete tax plan for expats to uh, consider <clears throat> renting out property as a holiday let <clears throat> and discreetly not telling their home uh, country with the tax liability of what that income is. I'm sorry for spluttering today. Don't know where it's come from. Uh, we'll manage it for another day. Um, but for more information on uh, registering and getting your property up to date for property let and, and registration, contact us at, at productpartnership.com. 
Okay, so the main topic of of this week's uh, YouTube webinar on the Living and Work Abroad show that we want to look at is is the issues um, around uh, EU residency and short stay rules. Uh, we're finding increasingly, uh, as expats are, are trying to travel in and around Europe, that they're getting caught up in these issues around short stays. And, and uh, unless you've got a citizenship of, of the EU or, or, or um, a, a permanent residency uh, or a visitor's visa, then you, you are going to get caught up in short stay rules, which are going to be enforced. Uh, and it comes from a different, lots of different places as far as the uh, EU is concerned. Um, first of all, let's consider uh, international law and uh, international tax law uh, as generally prescribed through the OECD based in Paris. Um, it, it defines 90 days as a short trip and therefore it doesn't have a tax implication uh, for anybody on a short holiday family or business trip. Um, however, you don't become a tax resident until you've been in the country for more than um, half of the year. So once you've been in the country more than 183 days, um, then you, you become a, a tax resident or, or have a tax resident liability in that country in that, in that year. And in a country like Portugal, for example, if you are in the country for more than 183 days, then you have a, a, an obligation to complete a tax return each year, irrespective of your circumstances, just by being in country uh, as a tax resident for more than 183 days. Uh, the, um, the, the, so the issues that can start to come around that uh, begin to become uh, more and more complex uh, as the system gets applied. Um, before we go into what the complications are with the short stay rules, I want to step back a bit and talk about uh, the EU Schengen Zone and what's that all about. The EU Schengen Zone is something that has been developed by the EU um, to create a visa free, a visa travel for people from outside the EU that enables them to travel within the whole of the EU Schengen Zone. The EU Schengen Zone is mainly EU countries, but it includes other countries as well. So it includes uh, EU members like uh, Norway um, and, and Switzerland, um, but the Schengen zone doesn't include the, the UK. Um, the Schengen zone does include uh, Gibraltar by special arrangement and, and some of the city-states in the EU, like the Vatican City in Monaco and San Marino, they don't have border controls. Um, they're not in, technically in the Schengen zone, but there's no, there's, there is freedom of movement in and out of the, those areas. More complicated, uh, especially for overseas uh, property owners, if you've got a holiday villa, uh, the Madeira Islands and Canary Islands that, 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 and the Azores are part of the EU because of their uh, sovereign status with Portugal and, and Spain, and they're also in the e Schengen zone. So it, it's something to bear in mind very, very closely. Uh, so if you've got a holiday let there, and we talk about Spain or Portugal or Cyprus, 
um, it, it affects Canary Islands and Madeira as well. Technically, um, Greenland is part of uh, a sovereign state of, of Denmark. However, it's not in the EU and it's not in the Schengen zone. They opted to come out of both uh, because of their concerns about their fishing rights many years ago. Uh, so they did a Brexit before the UK um, <clears throat> as a, as a, a semi-independent country. So that's the extent of the Schengen zone. Now, the people that need a, a Schengen visa or anybody that's got free freedom of movement, um, sorry, hasn't got free visa-free travel into the Schengen zone. So if you're traveling into the, the greater EU of the Schengen zone, into those 29 countries, then you, you need a visa unless you have got visa-free travel to the specific country you're traveling into. Um, so if you're a British citizen, you've got visa-free travel to many countries around the world. But if you're coming from India or Philippines, then you can be much more restricted and much more likely to require uh, a Schengen zone for at least one, if not all, of the, of the EU countries within the Schengen zone. Um, <clears throat> but once you've got that Schengen zone visa, it does allow you to visit all of those countries within the Schengen zone. So although you may have to apply to Greece to get a Schengen zone visa to enter into Greece from your home country, uh, once you're in the Schengen zone, you can travel around the EU um, um, using that visa for, for that travel. However, you, you, have to need to, you also need to consider that <clears throat> that uh, Schengen zone visa is now going to be extended. And the Schengen zone visa is, is got the ability to implement the 90 and 180 day rule. This is where it's enforced at the moment. So if you've got a Schengen visa for traveling around the other EU countries, you've got this 90 and 180 day rule that applies. From 2023, it was initially planned to introduce, although it's been deferred. So it, it, the system was up and ready to run from May 23, but they've deferred the date, the EU had deferred the date of implementation into 24 of electronic travel authorities. Electronic travel authorities already exist in many countries around the world, including Canada, USA and Australia, and they're coming to Europe and the UK. So the UK have got a separate scheme, but the UK have announced that they've got um, an electronic travel authority system that's going to come in as well. And um, that, that starts from uh, November 23. Uh, so the, um, uh, for a limited, very limited number of countries uh, to start with, and that will be extended and rolled out um, from November 23 uh, into February 24. There'll be some additional countries added for that. We'll cover that again next time for expats looking to relocate into the UK. Today, we're focusing on the Schengen zone and the short stay rules that apply there. Short stay rules principles so are, are true to any country uh, around the world. From 2024, the EU will produce uh, an electronic travel authority that anybody with visa-free travel into the EU will be required to have. So anybody that doesn't need a Schengen zone visa from 2024 will need electronic travel authority. These have to be applied for 
online and, and validated before you travel <clears throat> and your airline won't let you check in and board without your electronic travel authority in the same way that they won't let you check in and board without a, without a visa to arrive in the country which you're going to arrive to. So electronic uh, travel authority is a new hurdle for people to, to, to achieve. So everybody that travels into the EU Schengen zone <clears throat> will have some form of visa or travel authority. What's the difference between a travel authority and a visa? In practice, not much, okay? <clears throat> because you can't cross the border into an EU country without a travel authority, uh, even if they don't call it a visa. <clears throat> Generally, it doesn't go into as much detail as you'd imagine uh, that a Schengen visa will, where you need a personal interview, among other things. So it is all done online. So it is lighter, but it's still going to uh, allow you into the country. But what it does as well is it's registering in the system and it will enable the EU within the, um, the vestiges of the Schengen zone area, it will allow the EU to enforce the 90 and 180 day rules for people traveling into the EU on an on a electronic travel authority. So if you've got a holiday home and you're used to spending four, five, six months a year uh, at a time, that's not going to be possible going forward. Um, you, you, with the travel authority, you can still go and stay, but you can only stay for 90 days in that three months. And um, you will be prevented from entering a second time or third time. You have multiple trips, by the way. It's not just one 90-day trip. So you can have um, <clears throat> you can have forty five two day trips, um, but it, when you go on to uh, any trip that's going to take you over the ninety days, you you should in theory be denied entry. Um, but if you overstay, once you're in the country and you overstay your ninety days, you're potentially going to get fined on your way out, and and uh, breaching the rules gives them then. A reason or an excuse to decline you to get a, a, a travel authority to come into the country next time. So again, that, that's something to, to 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 bear in mind that the, the travel authorities will give the EU Schengen zone area the power to regulate the short stay rules um, of, of the Schengen zone visa, uh, even if you don't need a visa to travel into the EU. Um, so let, let, let's look at the next stage of it then, uh, particularly from who is not in the Schengen zone at the moment. So Romania, um, uh, uh, Bulgaria and Cyprus are, are currently the three EU countries that have applied to join the, the Schengen zone and not in, in the Schengen zone area at the moment. Um, uh, Cyprus has met five of the six criteria towards verifying their Schengen zone status. So it could well be that in 2023, they complete that process and are allowed into the country. Romania, Bulgaria almost uh, were approved um, in, in 2022 for, for this year, like Croatia was. So they could well be all coming in uh, by the end of 2023, time for the 24 enforcement of electronic travel authorities and uh, the Schengen zone rules. 
um, as, a, as a next step for Cyprus on the 25th of July uh, 2023, uh, so last month, they were brought into the uh, EU Schengen information system. Uh, so although they're not a full member and they're not implying that, they're now exchanging information under the criteria of as if they were an EU Schengen zone country. So they may not still require you to have that Schengen zone visa. They may not enforce their the coming and going in the same way, uh, but they're now part of the information system. And the information system of the Schengen zone, uh, as ever with governments, is they want to protect against crime. They want to check the customs and the borders, that the taxes are being paid. There's no smuggling, no smuggling of goods or services or people uh, across border. Um, and and or uh, any other illegal goods, um, but it also gives them the the, the right to enforce the the ninety one eighty day rules and, and the tax residency rules. Never forget that tax is a criminal offence uh, to break a tax law, <clears throat> and so when they talk about fighting crime across border, that includes tax tax evasion because obviously if you're uh, a drug smuggling um, or any any form of uh, goods smuggling across border, you are avoiding um, uh, taxes at some point, and therefore you, you you're committing a criminal offence, uh, just as the same as you would if you're robbing a bank. So, crime tax is important, and it's important to follow the rules and obey the rules, and and so Cyprus is now. Although they're not formally in the full Schengen zone, they're now exchanging that information at the border um, and with the people that are coming into the EU uh, through through Cyprus. Um, <clears throat> if you're leaving Cyprus um, and you need a Schengen zone for France or, or Spain, you will still need to get that visa. Um, <clears throat> but you're already in the system as far as the information system goes. By, by being in Cyprus in the first place. So so that so Cyprus is now uh, one step closer, it's one step away from being in the Schengen zone, the Schengen zone being a complete area where anybody for that's got hasn't got visa free travel into the EU Schengen zone will require a Schengen zone visa to get in and travel. Um, and then the electronic travel authority can be introduced into Europe the same way that it will be in place in the UK and is already in other countries like, like the USA. And this will allow them to enforce what they apply as their 90 and 180 day rules. What are the implications of that for expats? Let's summarize that. If you're an expat that's living and working abroad, if you've got overseas property or you've got a business and you want to spend more than 90 days in, in six months, working abroad, then you will need to have some form of residency permit to be able to stay uh, more than 90 days in 180. So whether you're remote working on a contract in another country or whether you are uh, want to stay longer in, in your home, then you will need some form of visa. That might be a, a one-year visitor's visa, which may not give you an entitlement to work, uh, and, but could it, it could as a, a visitor excludes you from a tax residence as well. Um, <clears throat> um, but uh, if you want a permanent residency, 
based upon your home, a property that's owned in that country, or family connections, or um, uh, business connections, then there's additional uh, legislation and regulation that needs to be gone through to get the necessary residency permits that, that you could do. We spoke last week that uh, Portugal have revised and updated their golden visa scheme. It's very attractive. If you make an investment up to 500,000, you can get an immediate visa with the minimum stay requirements in Portugal, but it, it allows you to get citizenship in Portugal after five years. But that, res that golden visa for Portugal also allows you uh, Schengen zone um, travel uh, without needing a Schengen zone visa. So once you've got a, a, a permanent residency or a residency permit in an EU country, that then frees you up in terms of Schengen zone movement. Uh, not necessarily the 90 day in 180 rules, but once you become a, <clears throat> an EU citizen, and in theory, a permanent resident, um, because a, a permanent resident of a country should have the equivalent of, of citizens' rights. Um, but that, that doesn't necessarily mean the EU citizens' right freedom of movement. But we will see that in, in 2024 as, as, as they decide on the final format. Um, and, but what it will mean is, is that you need that resident permit to be able to have that freedom of movement. Once you've got that, you've got that freedom of movement all around the EU uh, in, the, in the Schengen zone without the short stay restrictions. If you haven't got that residency permit, you cannot stay more than 90 days. Um, if, you, if your return ticket uh, doesn't um, extend to 90 days within that last six month period, you're likely to be refused boarding uh, or, or not be allowed to um, uh, arrive in the country. If you overstay uh, a 90 days, you're likely to be fined when you leave in the country. So it's quite a big restriction. Visitors, one year temporary visitors visas are available or residency permits. So if you've got a business or a property or family interest, now is the time to contact us at ProPartnership.com to look forward into 2023-24 uh, to make sure that your family and your business can continue to enjoy uh, their uh, freedom of movement within the EU with the right level of, of, of residency permits. One last thing about the short stay rules uh, to consider is that if if you um, even if you've got a, a visitor's visa, even if you've got that 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 twelve month visitor's visa, even if you've got a resident permit, if you then stay out of the country for more than ninety days during that time, they're monitoring it uh, because. The, the electronic travel authorities and the Schengen visa gives them access to monitor your your movement in and out of the country so they know where you are and what you're doing. So in theory now, going forward as well, if you've got a residency permit because you want to have more stay in your property, you need to look carefully at the type of residency permit that you've got because if that residency permit uh, could have an exclusion, for example, that says if you spend more than 90 days 
in one go outside the country, then the, the residency permit will be revoked. And, and um, you know, a, a residency permit for a homeowner uh, in, in Cyprus or, or Portugal in year one can lead to a permanent residency or citizenship after five years or more. Um, but if there's a break of more than 90 days at a time or, or, or more than a certain number of days over that five years, you could be excluded from being able to uh, upgrade your status to that of permanent resident or citizenship at, at a later date. So everything's going to be monitored. It's just about making uh, decisions on whether you're a short stay expat um, from one to five years or whether you're considering a longer term business, property or family move. Uh, and and ProAct have got the experience, the guidance for that. Uh, for family uh, and business that want to relocate abroad and uh, with business or property. We've got no specific questions uh, at the moment. If you want to ask, if you're watching on YouTube and you want to ask a question, we can, we can answer that now. If you want to ask the question on um, uh, the the Twitter X space, then we can do that now. Um, but I've got nothing that's come up from my producer or, or from uh, from the guests at the moment. Um, so what I'm going to do is give it one more summary. The short stay rules will bite. Um, they've got the technology in place already. Um, it's, it's partly conditional on getting Cyprus, uh, Bulgaria, and Romania into the Schengen zone. Uh, Cyprus has moved that step closer now. It's completed five out of six of the requirements for the Schengen zone membership. It's been brought into the uh, information sharing system within the Schengen zone. And so there's every possibility that later in 2023, Bulgaria, Romania, and Cyprus are confirmed into the EU in time for uh, electronic travel authorities in 2024 for anybody on visa-free travel into the EU. In, in 2023, November as well, UK introduced electronic travel authorities for certain countries that they will choose and decide which they are. So that's to come in as well. And that will uh, could potentially uh, impact uh, people from abroad. Now, at the moment, EU citizens aren't on the list, but they're not exempt as well. So it is named countries and, and the initial countries that are going onto the system are, are countries of concern from a security perspective uh, for, for the UK. So we'll see about that later. Um, but establishing your residency for business and property, it's important to get that sorted out now for you and for your family, for your children. Um, so contact us at projectpartnership.com and we'll be able to help you with that and give you the guidance that you need uh, when living or working abroad with your overseas property and your business relocation, as well as remote working um, from a sunnier climb. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll see you again next time.